Hello everyone and welcome to episode 42 of the Town Social. We've got a lot to get through, we've got a lot of games to catch up on. And also we've got the start of the transfer window to get stuck into as well. So with me tonight as always um, is Ian Kilroy and Gaz K. My name's Nick Barlow. Welcome gents, let's get straight into it. So we're going to discuss the last three games and we had Blackburn, Borough and Leicester. Much improved overall I thought on... The games previous, so that wasn't difficult, considering how bad we were at Norwich, I guess. But Blackburn, I thought Blackburn were really poor on the day, I have to say. Too much faffing about at the back, too many stray passes. But Town capitalised, and I thought we played some quite progressive stuff. I thought it was the best game that Burzgold had in a Town shirt. And looked to break at pace. <clears throat> and I like the fact that you know, particularly for the third goal, I, I, I like the fact that there was a lot of unselfishness with the players, the likes of Karoma squaring it, Berg's organised pass through for Sorba. And it seemed like a real team effort. And I think it's the first time that I thought, actually, yeah, we, we really deserve to win that game. We we're in co- pretty much complete control of it. I never thought for any moment, really, after sort of the first 10 minutes that we were going to that we were going to lose it. So I was I was really encouraged and I thought, you know, maybe we, maybe this could be the turning point. Every season there's a game where you think, oh, things start to turn. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, maybe. And then went into the Borough game. And I thought, actually, we continued to play well. I thought we, we were quite aggressive. Borough missed an absolute sitter, missed kick from about two yards out. I've no idea how I managed to miss that. Great clearance, though, from, from Muta. And then Karoma... Um, unlucky hitting the the bar, and then unfortunately, you know Chapman has come on, does a really good save from the penalty, and then typical town fashion, we switch off from the corner, leave probably one of the most dangerous people at um shooting in the side on his own edge of the box. He scuffs the shot into the ground, and it bounces off off the underside of the bar. You couldn't make it up really. Seconds after he'd missed the penalty. So I, I thought, actually, I was quite annoyed that we didn't get something for that game because although we are still very leaky at the back and we are a bit slow and we do give too many chances away, I'd thought we'd done enough in that game to at least get a point. So I, I was disappointed with that. And then going into the Leicester game, I don't think any sensible town fan would have expected anything but an absolute drub in there. thought we did it well for the first 40 minutes. I thought we contained them, but then... Headley went off injured. We'll talk about the injury list later on, but getting ever bigger. And I thought that unsettled us. I thought we lost balance. We had to switch things around. And then, to be fair, Cannon scores a brilliant, brilliant goal. Really well it shot for the first goal. And then we switch off straight after half-time, which again is a bit of a worrying trend. They get a nice easy header, completely unchallenged in the box, and then the game's over. And It's a bit of a mountain to climb and we we get a goal back from our top scorer, Poacher Helic in the box and to spare his blushes a bit. But 4-1, I, d- I don't think anyone had any complaints with that. All in all, I mean, it's, it's what I expected, but I, I hoped for at least probably four points out of these games. I mean, I don't know what else to say from it, really, guys. It's, it's the, the signs where we are improving, and it is... The, you know, I'll talk about the stats later on, but the stats for these three games were a lot better in terms of the possession and the shots and the territory. But, you know, overall, the, the, the trend in terms of points per game kind of remains the same. 
Yeah, I think I was hoping, like you, Nick, we'd take four points over Christmas. And I guess we got three, so that's better than it, it could have been. Um, I went to the Norwich game, which was the game before Blackburn, and, and we played right into their hands. You, you just mentioned this habit we seem to have developed of letting goals in in, in straight after half-time, and, and I had a quick look earlier, and in the last six games, we've let four goals in within 10 minutes of half-time. Three of those were in the 46th and 47th minute, which is just absolutely unforgivable. But, you know, the two home games, I think, Possibly, in fairness, I think the crowd played the part in that as well, Nick. I think I think the players fed off the crowd and the crowd fed off the players a little bit against Blackburn. You know, we only had 30-odd percent possession, but we were, it was a massive improvement because you actually, if you're going to play with 30% possession and play on the break, then you've got to be efficient. You know, them transitions have got to be quick. You've got to break with pace and you've got to make good decisions. And, I, and I'm with you, I thought they did. I thought some of the passing, uh, certainly in the final third from the town team, was much better. Um, we'd obviously done some research because we actually played a lot of balls in behind their their full-backs. They were leaving acres of space for us to run into, which is something teams have done to us, and we managed to we managed to get in. And, and you're right, Blackburn never looked comfortable, did they, all night? And, um, they, you know, Blackburn, I think they're one to watch. I think, you know, there's always a team drops out of the top six slash mid-table and ends up fighting relegation. And at the minute, unless Blackburn splashed some cash in January... They could well be that team, and I also think same with the Borough game. And I think you know the players looked like they were playing for more and playing for each other, which was really encouraging. And it seems that's starting to be a bit of a trend at home, which is encouraging for us. Not that it's repeating away from home, I have to say. Um, and and now yeah, we deserve you know we deserve much better against Borough. You know, Caroma should have had a couple. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that miss was, I've never seen anything like it in real life. You know, I was, I was in the ground and I still can't get my head around how he missed. Um, and we worked a really good team really hard on the night. I thought Borough had to work really hard for the for their three points. But, you know, we worked so hard to score and then give away, make a, you know, Chapman makes an unbelievable save from the penalty. And then the goal was an absolute disgrace, you know, no contact, free header, knockdowns. I mean, how has Johnny Housen got 10 yards of space in the box? Karoma's on his heels and, and yeah, listen, he scuffs it and shoots it in. But, you know, Borough have been a one-man team for the last two or three years. You stop Housen playing, you stop Borough, and we still didn't seem to buy that ticket. But, yeah, you know, I was I was pleased to take three points. should have been four. Could argue it could have been six. But I am I have to be honest, I know people are saying, well, Leicester are a Premier League team in all but, all but name. I was really disappointed with the performance at Leicester. I didn't watch it live. I watched it on a stream. We were poor in transition and we actually got quite a few chances in the first 40 minutes to break on Leicester and we didn't. The decisions were poor. You know, we only really got into the game when they were 3-0 up and cruising. Bear in mind, they left their two of the three of their best players out of the team, by the way, Leicester, I might add. You know, they were a weakened side. Um, and the first goal, was an, along with you, was an, a real strike. But the other three were all self-inflicted. You know, I mean, an 18, 19-year-old kid making his debut muscles Tom Lees off the ball. That was a shambles, really. And then Nichols makes a horrible error for the free kick. And the second goal, I mean, I don't know how many times I've said this over the last few years, but there can't be an easier team than Huddersfield Town to put a cross in against. We just don't defend them. All you've got to do is, is go to the edge of the box, draw two and roll it back to an unmarked man. It happens time and time again. So, you know, I mean... Would I expect it out from Leicester? No, not really. I just worry that oh, poor away performances seem to be becoming the norm. So, 
we'll have to see where that takes us. We've got three massive, massive home games coming. Just got to hope we repeat the Borough and Blackburn performances and not the Leicester Norwich ones. I see, you can't look at that Leicester game and think it was a good performance. And a lot of people online afterwards were trying to positively spin it. Leicester are a good team. But like you say, guys, look who's on bench from you had uh, Connor Cody on the bench, Mark Albrighton, Child was on the bench, Jewsbury also. Their bench is so strong because they're resting players because they know they don't have to be 100% to beat us because of the state we're in. We're just not there. Um, I, kinda, I just want to ignore that game a little bit because they are too good for us. They put a second team out more or less. We aren't good enough to threaten them, especially not considering who we had missing for that game. Um, Berg's all were out and, and Hogs out. And without those two, we've got next to no chance against anyone in this division, never mind Leicester away from home. Um, the Blackburn game, that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it, really? Kind of the performances up until that point weren't necessarily great. Um, but we are a team, when you've got Karoma, Sauber Thomas playing and, and Bergzorg, that if you do play on counter-attack, you're going to have chances. You're going to have chances with that pace. And we do every time we play. Um, but a lot of it comes down to scoring first. We aren't a team that can chase games. We just don't have that within us. But Blackburn play a high-press, high-intensity, kind of high-risk football, and that really played into our favour. And especially when you score first, they're chasing the game. It just didn't work out for them. And we took full advantage of it. And I think if for all 46 games of the season, our front three was Karoma, Bergzorg and Thomas with Hogg, Wiles and Kasuma in midfield, we wouldn't have a problem. I think we'd, we'd cruise to a decent position in this league. The problem is after those six guys, we've got next to no one. And you're going on to Middlesbrough where the performance itself was pretty good yet again. But just because Bergzorg's out, that it's just... I don't feel like we stretch games in the same way. It doesn't feel like we're going to create chances in the same way. The goal against Blackpool, Heatley's goal is lucky. To me, that's a downright keeper error. If that doesn't go in and you don't score first, that game can be totally different. That's the difference and, and, the, and the margins in championship football. They're very, very close. Sometimes things go for you and sometimes they go against you. And it's, a, it's that character you can show and the ability you have to, to change it and, and to change your game approach to try and get back into it. If anything goes adverse in a game for town, we lose the game. 10 times out of 10. And and, and that's kind of, I think, what we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, what, what's happening now through January and people were linked with and, and we're trying to find a second option here to try and be able to influence games in a different way if the first game plan isn't working. But to be honest, I didn't expect we'd get anything. I think we, we wanted four points over the Christmas period, but I didn't expect anything going into that Blackburn game. I thought we were pretty awful recently. I thought we'd be dropping off the edge of a cliff. Um, but Bergzog is a really good championship number nine. He is. His decision-making might be questionable at times, Again, I liken him to Van La Parra. I know he played on the wing, but again, he drags you upfield. He really set a tempo for town in transition in the game. If, if we were under the cosh lot, it just released the pressure and it changed us. And without Bergson for the last two games, we've lost two games. And I, okay, we had chances. We should have done better. But to me, if you look at if, if Bergson is out now for an extended period of time, we have to find somebody else who can come in and do exactly the same job he does for us because we are built, we are built as of today as a team to hit on the counter attack by giving up possession but attacking with with purpose and, and pace. And for the last two games when we haven't had that, we've, we've come away with zero points. And performances aside, I don't find that is, is a surprising situation. I don't think we're going to change. And I don't think Moore's going to change the way they play, though, are they? This, this playing on the break is playing with the style he fancies. And, and that then, as you, if we go to, you know, Bergsog's going to be out for a period of time here. And what, what do we do there? You know, bringing Rhodes back from Blackpool is not going to, not going to answer that problem, is it? It's, it's just not good. No, it's not. We need to find somebody with, with pace. We need to find a fast striker who can score goals. I think everybody in the championship wants a fast striker that can score goals. But we are built to do that. And we've been linked, again, we'll talk about it in a little bit, with a six-foot-three Finnish striker. Oh, he's, he's Serbian. Is he Serbian or Bosnian? But he plays in Serbian, Finland. I think, to... 
and I've seen a few videos of him. He's, he's not supposed to be very pacey, just a big guy, a big unit. And I think we were looking at there that Sauber Thomas puts in 2,000 crosses in a season, so we want to have a big guy to hit it. But we're not built, in my opinion, as of now, to play that way. When you get Danny Ward in there, we'll look a totally different side, right? It's just not really worked. Huddling might have had a first appearance where we had like eight first-team players in it. Who was his debut against this year when he started and looked pretty okay? And then ever since then, he's looked terrible. Um, regardless, we're not built to play that kind of football so if Bergzog isn't able to do it, I don't understand how this new guy can come in. If, if we're built to play with a Bergzog style forward, I don't feel like, is it Bojan? Bojan, what's his surname? Bojan, whatever it is. He's going to be... Yeah. Okay. He's going to be the lifelike replacement. I think this is this is offering us a second kind of way to play football. But I think we've got to go out and find somebody who can do what Bergzog does for us. And they aren't cheap. But we are built to do that because we aren't necessarily the strongest through the midfield or the defence when we try and attack and, and, and play higher up the field. And I think that, that's also something else that frustrates me. And when we haven't got that natural goal scorer and ability in the team, the lack of quality we've had from our set pieces this year is it's, it's absolutely driving me insane. I, I I was looking at the stats earlier that, and in terms of, I can't believe I'm going to talk about stats like this because XG and all of that gets on my wick, but you know, shot creations, shot, you know, opportunities created from set piece delivery. We're seventh worst in the league. Do you not think that though, guys? About team. that, I think you can play devil's advocate there a little bit because we are so shy at attacking. Other teams just have to work out what we're going to do from set pieces and counter that and what else are we going to create? I think it's a very easy way to shut us down by working on that in the in the weeks leading up to the game. That's all. Which sort of begs the question: Why why do we just persist with giving everything to Sorba and telling him to whack it to the back post? Well, we're supposed to have a set-piece coach, aren't we? <laughs> you know, but we're supposed to have a set-piece coach that's coming up with innovative ideas about how to, you know, mix it up a little bit, try and keep teams guessing. And we're doing the same shit every time. Like you said, we're just whacking it to back post, hoping someone's going to be there to edit, and no one's there. Maybe I'll just whack I'm... it to Helic. How have we not worked that out at this point? Helic heads anything, goal-bound, better than anyone else in the division. <laughs> I, I imagine his conversion rate from headers are as good as anybody in this division. Just whack it to him. But I know I, th- I think a lot of it comes down to guys how good we were last year in set pieces and, and they'll they'll look at how we try and do it and and, and, and try and counter us there because we don't really create much else. So how, el- how else would you... You've got so much time to prepare for the team you're facing in the week leading up to the game and we don't really attack other than with pace. There's not much else to to try and counter us doing. Um, but we have, to, we have to find some other way of getting... I call them cheat goals. And in the, they're not overly complex to try and create a, a good chance from. Like you say, it's just it's just not enough. But that, that's another thing we saw with Thomas. People kind of celebrate his crosses that he puts in more crosses than anybody else in the league and, and whatnot. But how many of them are actually good? And how many times does he actually put them in and we have enough people in the box to make the, the cross a chance to put? People allow us to cross it quite often because we don't have enough people in the box. And, and that's wow. kind of why... Yeah, and that's why we are, they don't necessarily two men him up every time because when he puts a cross in, there's never anybody there to try and head it in. And maybe that's what um, the new guy is going to be. Uh, tasked at doing um, but I don't know it, it, it's, it definitely feels like a massive drop off from last season doesn't it we just don't we're so short all over the pitch in terms of creation and control of midfield like we, we, we're resorting to just hitting on the counter because we've got absolutely zero control or creativity at all you know, you see people getting on the ball, defenders getting on the ball. There's nobody making runs. There's nobody making options. There's no. There's, there's nothing going on half the time. There's, it's just static. So rather than try and pass it through midfield and create chances that way, we're resorting to just trying to play on the counter. 
but you can't be so one-dimensional. And eventually, like you say, you know, teams are researching town all week. You know, it doesn't take a genius to work out how we play it and how to stop it. Well, and I know it doesn't take a genius to work out how to score against us either, does it? That's the thing, you, you know, straight after half-time, put us under a bit of pressure. We never seem to be prepared properly. And also, you know, fouls committed, I was, that was the other one that really surprised me. We're 14th in the league for fouls committed. QPR no. went to the top six. Exactly. And, and, you know, how many times do we give away give away a softball and just instead of just taking somebody out of the game and avoiding the chance being created against us, we let them get 30, 40, 50 yards and then we're relying on the back three to pull out wonder blocks. That's, a, you know? that's particularly strange as well when we have so little possession. So other teams dominate games. I know... Um, Middlesbrough is a little bit different and Blackburn I think it was 38-62 possession but generally we don't have the ball very much so you'd expect us to be right at the top just because we never have the ball so of course we're going to foul people more so to be to be mid-table on that's very very surprising but you're right Nicky in midfield when we get the ball and, and, and we're trying to play forward there aren't that many options on now it has got a little bit better recently I, I, I'm i a bit of a fan of uh, Ben Miles and I will quickly say I'm amazed that people still think it costs seven figures. Where did that ever come from? Did anyone ever... I think someone just made it up and everyone went with it, you know, that we'd spent some money more than I anything. I think... Oh, did, did Rotherham then go and spend a million on a striker afterwards and made the link that we paid a million, so they paid... I think... Which, didn't they say we'd spent a sizable fee? I think yeah. was what they... What they but that could... I mean, that could be anything. Could and someone read it as seven, seven, above, seven above fee. Anyway, I'm, I really like Ben Wiles. He seems to... When he gets the ball, he has a bit of purpose. He turns and takes it forward a little bit. But a little bit more control than Diara does, where he just kind of goes and then then product disappears. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of him, and I, I think somebody put a, a a bit of an article out recently on the on the points we've gained with Ben Wiles in the team, and it's he's by far I think Johnny Ogaside and probably Bergsorg now the most influential player we have when it comes to playing and and us getting points. I feel like when he plays with Johnny Og and, and David Kasumu in that midfield three, that's the best we can be. I actually don't understand how we're going to fit Rodoni in in my strongest eleven because. Again, I'd have Karoma Thomas and Bergsorg, as I just said, and, and those three in midfield. So I don't actually think we're built to play with an ACM, which leads me then further to Matos signing from Chelsea today. And if he's here to play as an ACM as well, how how does that fit in this system? Um, but I feel like Ben Wiles, when he does play, he has a bit of drive and he does, he does show a few options. But you could see in certain games, Nick, that our midfield is tasked with just stopping the other team playing. And when we turn the ball over... It, it hasn't looked up until the last couple of games, maybe, that we've got the assignments to to know what to do going forward. It looks like they haven't really been given those instructions and they're terrified of losing the ball and being out of shape because we know how hard it is for us to get back into a game if somebody makes a mistake and we concede. So I do feel a lot of that is is probably managerial force in that we just want to make sure we're, we're structured when we lose the ball. But you're right, there aren't that many options for midfield to play through. And that's why we rarely actually create any sort of chance by playing through the thirds, do we? It's normally, like you say, guys, um, it's that ball over the top over fullbacks, but splitting centre backs and getting Bergs or getting the uh, inside forward with uh, Thomas and Chrome and getting in there with, with a bit of pace. And um, that's all we really can do to create chances. And we've got to find another way of doing it. We have to. And um, because if you're playing against a team that can just answer that, no problem, like Leicester could, then you're going to really struggle to score. So you, you're going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to find a way of, of making other things happen. I think Wiles is going to, going to split a few opinions. Sorry, Nick. I think because I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, I've seen a few comments, people saying, well, he's never in the game, but he must cover an unbelievable amount of grass. And also, the lad's still coming back from a really big injury. You know, we, we in Tourisfield Town style, we've signed somebody who hadn't properly recovered from a, 
a major injury. I, I mean, I'm a, I have to be honest, I'm a big fan of Wiles. I think I think when he plays, we play better. That's a fact. Well, I think but, he does a lot of running as well. And I think like you look at Kasumu, he does a lot of running forward and back, doesn't he? You see him at back line and then up front forward line. And But Johnny all kind of stays pretty central. He doesn't move very much. He's always in the right place, but quite centrally. You see Ben Wiles and he does a sideways running. You can't tell if he plays left centre midfield or right centre midfield. He's everywhere. He's always that. He's always there. And like, I wonder if you looked at the miles run, I think you'd see he'd put like say put a lot more. He'd cover a lot of ground compared to everybody else because he he really does seem to put the effort in. But like you say, I think because he does that running, he doesn't necessarily get the ball or statistically doesn't look like he creates the chances. People just are easy to say oh, he doesn't do anything. Nah, he gives us shape and he allows other players to play better because he covers he covers the fullbacks. If the fullbacks have gone or the wingbacks have gone, he's in there tucking in because that's where he gets his yardage. And it's really important to have a player like that, even if again, I'm a big believer that when you see when you see a football team, a midfielder especially, any any sort of midfield unit, you judge on results, nothing more. Don't don't try and pick a poor performer out of a midfield three if you're winning the game, or if you're doing better than than, than when he's not there, because it's really hard to to see how that midfield works because they have to enable other players to play well. The kind of catalyst rather than the actual statistical driver. Um, and I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's. He's actually been the best signing this season, Bar Bergsall. I think sometimes the best players are, you don't necessarily notice. They just quietly get on with the job and they might not be 10 out of 10 every game, but they're consistent performers and they do the job that they're tasked to do well. And I think the problem is like it was hyped up as a big money signing. You know, The fans thought we were expecting dynamite when he, you know this this guy's going to change our midfield and he's going to get passes away and he's going you know we're going to be going to charge charge up the pitch he's going to get us up the pitch by about fifty yards every time and and um, considering the fact that the boat's come back from a serious injury and it's the first club he's had since um, Bar Rotherham so where he's been there pretty much his entire career it's a big adjustment. And, you know, it might be that this season is a bit of a transition for him and it takes him time to bed in. And, you know, we've seen it before with players like Jonathan Ogg. I don't think had an amazing season in his first season, but sometimes it takes a while for players to bed in. And it may be that next season he really kicks on after some, you know, proper game time, consistent game time. It might be it might be even better next season. And I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I've not seen a problem with Wiles at all. Like people are saying, oh, he's absolutely rubbish and he, he, he's, we shouldn't have signed him and this, that, and the other. But I don't really know what, what they were expecting. He works hard. He, he covers a lot of ground. And he's an enabler. He's an enabler rather than... He's not going to be a person that gets you like 10 goals, 15 goals a season. But he might enable other play, players to get goals. And that's what you need. So... I, I like him. I think we'll we'll he'll come to the fore more next season. I think this season, as I said, maybe a bit of a transition. But yeah, I I don't get all the bashing of Wiles. Really, is 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 sometimes it just takes a bit of time, doesn't it? And I, I think it will turn out to be a good signing long term. I mean, let's just quickly touch on on uh, on Moore as well because the fans. I, I've said a, a very slight mood shift after the last three games you know some a lot of fans have kind of written him off and you know some fans you're not going to change their minds there's a lot of fans that want him out some of the fans have started to change their minds after the last few games because we've created a little bit more so if you give the last three games we've I've done a few stats and he's he's been in charge now for 19 games and as a as an overall 
I can see why people don't don't warm to him because actually the, the stats are horrendous. So we're averaging thirty percent, thirty seven percent possession in games. We're averaging three shots on target a game. So that's one shot on target every thirty minutes, and twelve shots throughout the entire game. Whether they're on target or off target, twelve just twelve shots for the entire game. However, over the last three games. We're averaging five shots on target. And we're averaging, I think, 16 shots. So we are starting to build a little bit. We're starting to create more. But the very the, the fact is that really, you know, the, the teams that we've played out of these last 19, it's pretty 50-50 between those in the top and bottom half. It's not like we've played a lot of the top teams. You know, when we're talking about really low possession and struggling to create, you know, to have any decent shots on target and stuff. We've played nine of the teams in the top half and seven in the bottom half. And five of those teams have been within four points of us. So there's a lot of teams there where we should be really taking points off. We've only scored two goals in a game three times in 19 games under him. Whereas we did it three times in seven under Warnock. We've scored more than two goals in a game once all season. We're not quite doing enough. <laughs> and with, with a record like that, which I have to say is worse than, dare I say it, Fotheringham, who most fans would probably say was probably one of the worst managers in town history, it's very hard to argue with the fans that are calling him out. However, if you look at the fact of how poor our squad is, we're coming into the window... Is there really anybody out there that could do better in this situation? Is it worth changing manager when we've gone through God knows how many managers in such a short space of time? Is it better to have stability, stick with more, do a good transfer window, hopefully, or we'll get onto that in a minute, and see what he does the second half of the season? Because I'm looking at what else is out there and I'm not I'm not sure there's anyone really that can do better as bad as it looks on paper. That was over well, that's overwhelming support there for Darren Monick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's all, yeah. And I think that's how most people feel about him, isn't it? I think um his public persona doesn't help, does it? Let's be honest. I think he's getting a lot of stick on social media around how he presents himself, how boring he is in the interviews. Um I mean, I think back to Carlos, and I used to criticise Carlos a bit for for being unable to engage us. He had the excuse that English wasn't his first language, so you know, at least he had an excuse. I think that that that's been a challenge. Those stats are pretty pretty grim, aren't they? And I was thinking about the transfer window and this whole. Well, yeah, because let's be honest, he's not going anywhere, is he? So we can we can moan and groan all we want, but he ain't going anywhere. The, my biggest worry about January actually isn't whether he's given the reins during the transfer window. My biggest worry about January is we play Plymouth, QPR and Wednesday at home. And and if we blow them, we are in massive trouble. And I'm not even sure Neil Warnock will save us from... If we don't take nine points out of the next four games after the cup game, we are, we are in massive, massive trouble. Because they're the games we absolutely have to win. So I think, should he stay, should he go? I think... I'm 50-50. I, I go back to what I said when we recruited him and, and, and I stick by that, which is 
if we'd if Warnock hadn't come in and he'd been recruited in the summer, I'd have been I'd have been pleased with that. I would have thought that was a good, solid championship appointment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. And I think you've got you know we've got so far into this now, we've got we've got to go all the way. And, and Kevin's going all the way with the guy, isn't he? So I I think even if we get relegated, I think Moore will still be in the job at the end of the year. I'm not saying it'll be for next season, but I do think he will. But the big question I have got, which is one I can't seem to answer, is there are other players with him. Because to, let's be honest, what we think don't really fucking matter, does it? it? It's what the players think that really matter. And that's the bit I can't make my mind up. Some games I watch and I think, yeah, they're right up for this, they're right with him. And then the, Le- the games like the Leicester game, they just look like they couldn't be bothered. Now, that, is that him saying to him, well, lads, we're not going to get up to him. What's going to happen? The City on fucking set. We're going to get absolutely mauled that way, if that's the approach. So, so yeah, that's a question for you two, really. Is, do you think the players are with him or... Do you think he? Do you think he's not got them on side? We, I think we spoke about this. Before, was it after the Preston game? We spoke about this. I can't remember last time we, we recorded, but there's been periods, guys, over last month where I think I keep thinking he's lost them, and you can see they're all arguing, and the players are losing the shit on the field. But then next minute you beat Blackburn three 0 and it looks okay again. So I don't know if he's lost them. I, I thought he had. I thought he. Took, I thought he lost the fans at Leeds, and I, I still don't think he'll ever bounce back from that without a really, really good run of form. Um, but the players, I don't know because they seem to be getting results. But then again, it still feels like we're teetering on that edge in it a little bit. It's like all of a sudden it can just be, oh, yeah, we're shit. We're not going to win another game. We're not going to take another point. The players have totally packed it in. It, it feels on edge. That's how it feels at the moment being a, a town fan for me, anyway. Um, I didn't like some of the scenes Darren Moore made when he first came in when he looked at the players, like the Ipswich game we spoke about many, many times before. But then now when he's resorting to the front three of Bergs or Caroma and Thomas. It's working and we're getting more results than I thought this squad could get. I actually think Darren Morton's has come in has done better points-wise than I expected in, in most of the games. Um, because to me, the squad is still the problem. There's no other way he can play. He's forced into playing the way we are at the moment. So then is that good management or is that fortunate that it's actually not too bad because there's no other options he can play with? He keeps playing Reg, which seems fucking mental to me at this point because he's clearly not uh, he's pretty old is he 23 24 Reg as well he's he's, he's yeah. not a youngster anymore but he clearly isn't ready to play as a midfielder in this division he's not at that level um but we persist with it but then again there's not many other options available to Darren Moore like you say guys he's gone well past first base of him Nagel he's, he's going to be Moore's man Moore's going to be his man for the rest of the season at least He's gone out, got rid of Warnock and brought more in. He has to stick with him for ego alone. You can't suddenly say, I got it wrong. He's not the right man after sacking Warnock. It looks horrendous. That's just not going to happen, I don't think. Um, so we've got more to the end of the season. I'm not going to waste my time thinking, should he stay, should he go? Is he the right man? Is he the wrong man? The squad's not good enough. If we go out in January, we bring in six starting first team quality players and then more still doesn't get anything out of them. I think at that point, you've got a better foundation to make a decision on whether he's getting something out of it or if we can do better. Whereas right now, this squad's so thin. Like you say, look, look at just the Leicester game. We've already gone through with the Adam bench. We had Diara, Hudlin, Chappers, let's go town Twitter style, Osters, Osterfield, Aina, Yependa, Stonesy, and Fallsy. Like, and I don't even know half of them are. Like, I've never even, and obviously I'm joking. I, I've seen them from the B team. I've never really seen them play more than once or twice. And not at this level, and and that's what that that's the options we have for games out working to bring those guys on. No coach could make a difference with those players as it is today. So I can't really blame Darren Moore for that. The team has to be improved. The squad has to be improved now, and then I think we can all make a decision. Probably a, a better 
educated um, recommendation on, on whether we'd want more to stay or not in, in February. But by then, it, again, it's, it's too late, isn't it? Because the game's coming up, as Gaza said, playing for Wednesday in Rangers um, at QPR, I think. Th- that'll dictate our season. So we are really in a concentrated part of the season here where it's sink or swim. And Darren Moore will be in charge of our club at that point. So we've just got to really see see how it goes. But hopefully they can get some business done now because you've got a bit of a gap between what now is it what's next game, guys? Then so it's Man City on Sunday. How long after is it? It's uh, it's the thirteenth till Saturday. Thirteenth so at home. Following so it gives you ten days to bring them in and to work with them and to get them ready because Man City does not matter. Who as long as we don't lose worse than ten one. It really, it don't really matter, does it? No one really is, is going to care for it. So it's just really now. I'd be getting guys in, and I wouldn't be worrying about the game. I'd be honestly focusing it on getting people ready for championship games, because these next few games dictate how this rest of the season will go. That's what Carlos used to do. You know, and he got absolutely hammered for it. But right now, that would be the wise decision, wouldn't it? And we're carrying so many injuries. Do you really want to risk somebody you're going to need through Jan and Feb? Don't know who we play though, guys. <laughs> If if we're not playing our first team, which is also our second team and third team, who I don't even know who we can put in. Maureen Proctor, she can do a job. Uh Brooke, get Brookie back in. Yeah. I'm just gonna we're say really that we haven't got fun. anyone. We haven't got anyone. That, I, I imagine, I imagine here in Hull, we're gonna have some of our young lads have first team debuts against the world club champions in an FA Cup third round game live on B- is it BBC Red Button? I think it's on the streaming it somewhere, yeah. are they? Yeah, because they're going to give, be given that opportunity, and good for them. Obviously, they've worked really hard in their career to get where they are to be playing for town. If not quite good enough at championship just yet, they're young lads, and they'll be nice to see it. It's a bit. It really is a free throw this weekend because we just don't have the depth to. Even if we had a first team out, we'd do next to nothing. So give give, give them all a, a bit of a chance and see how it goes. But it's those next few games afterwards uh, which will really see if Darrymore is the man for us, and, and if it isn't, and he isn't the man, it's going to be too late. So. We've really just got to kind of get behind everybody. And I'm, I'm, I'm no happy clapping myself, but we all have to kind of chip in here and do whatever we can to try and get us across the line the next few games because the harder games are to come. Edwards against uh, Doku would be a treat for everybody, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, it was a good appointment on paper because he had a good track record. I think one of the main things that he annoys the fans with it, he don't, he don't engage, does he? He's not particularly engaging, he's not particularly charismatic in his interviews, he doesn't always go and clap the fans, I mean, like you say um, Killer at Leeds, I mean that were that were absolutely atrocious and he didn't even come over and acknowledge the fans and it, it's little things like that that people don't forget, they forget it when you're winning and you're doing alright, but when you're shit it, people, it, it just builds, it just add, it adds fuel to the fire and um, I, I think he has lost some of the fans and some fans seem determined to get him gone We'll we'll just have to see what happens, but you're right. I think we're going to stick with him. And to be honest, even given his track record of getting teams promoted from league, it wouldn't surprise me if if we got relegated that we didn't stick with him to see if he could get us out of League One. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But you know, maybe in this day and age where we just sack managers left, right, and centre, maybe it, it is the right thing to stick with somebody and give them a decent amount of time to build because that isn't really the norm these days, is it? We just you know you lose eight games or whatever, and you're fired, and that's it. Whereas it, it does take time for a manager to bed in, get his ideas across, be able to build his squad up. So maybe it's we shouldn't really be judging him until 
at least this window, maybe even after the summer, to be fair, when he's when he's had a chance to get a you know, a good crop of players in, get a good pre season. And then if it's still absolutely horrendous football, then there could be no argument, can they? But at this moment in time, I, I honestly don't know because I'm looking at that squad and it and the difference in quality between us and Leicester, both on the on the pitch and on the bench was just absolutely frightening. I mean, I appreciate that Leicester are a bit of an extreme case, but even when you look at the likes of Borough and, and, and their bench and who they could bring on. I mean, that was another thing against Borough. They brought on three or four players who were decent championship quality. And who did we bring on? We bring on one player because we were no bugger to bring on. Well, and, and Borough know, had entire... a bit of a start. You know, but the Borough fans were, were starting to bubble against Carrick. You know, after six or eight games, they wanted Carrick gone. The Borough yeah. fans well, that's it. Like, it's, it's madness, you know. And then suddenly you win three games and you're best manager ever, aren't you? Um, that's just the nature of it, I suppose. But time will tell. Well, but you're right. These, these games coming up are massive. I mean, I don't see it, guys. I don't see three wins out of four when we've only won three in nineteen. But you know, that's the that's the task ahead of us, I guess. Because you're right. You look at some of the other games after that. We've got Southampton after that. Yeah. <laughs> Southampton away after. Oh dear. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't get any easier, does it? We've no. Still got- the hardest one's going to be Wednesday, I think. Blackburn have oh, yeah. Blackburn have lost their, I'm sorry, drawn one, lost four out of their last five, and and they're the poorest team I've seen at, at our place this year. So, you know, you would hope you could go and get something at Blackburn, Plymouth. You know, they'll be the Plymouth are all right on the a bit like us really. They're all right on the day. QPR, uh, they're you know they look like the banging trouble. They had a, a mini revival, but this this German guy at Wednesday, he's absolutely smashing it. He's absolutely smashing it there. And I think they're going to come to our place and be full of confidence and, and expect to take the points home. Yeah. <laughs> it's all positive. Yeah. Then, mate, we might we might have six, these, these six or eight new players Killer was talking about. They'll all be here then. Well, then they'll all be bedded in. They'll all be immediate championship quality and we'll have nothing to worry about. Let's, let's get on to it then, eh? Because we, 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 the, the window is now open. We've got a new player through the door already, which everyone's getting excited about. Alex Matos from Chelsea. I, I have to admit, I, I, I knew nothing about this guy. I'd never heard of him. Never heard of him at all. And then I, I looked into his background. He's, it's a bit of a meteoric rise, really. It came from Norwich. Showed promise. Chelsea snapped him up. He's, he's featured on the bench quite a lot. He's played in one or two games. He made one substitute appearance against Fulham where he played about a minute or so. It's one of those signings where, you know, I remember when we brought Casey Palmer in and Izzy Brown, I'd never heard of them. Turned out to be really, really good players. Like Sir Trev Chaloba. Players like that. But then for every one of those, there's a Meepo, aren't they? And, uh, <laughs> and mm. you kind of think, well... Which is it gonna be? <laughs> you know, are we are we gonna have a are we gonna have a you know an Andrew or a Smith Rowe or are we gonna have an Mbete? And I, I guess just because he's been on the bench at Chelsea, you know, and better on the bench at Man City, it doesn't really mean a lot. I guess the proof of the pun's gonna be in the eating. But listen, it's it's a body, and at the moment we need bodies, we need options. Looks like he's got good energy on him. He can play anywhere across the midfield. I, I, I had heard that he's 
that Chelsea are trying to mould him into a kind of into a Kante position, more of a defensive midfielder rather than attacking midfielder. But then I'm seeing also reports that he plays on the wing and that we're you know maybe trying to get him as part of the front three somewhere or maybe as an attacking midfielder. So I'm not I'm not too sure. Maybe he's going to be coming in for if Hogs out sort of longer term if he if he has a, a an injury. He's going to be out for a while. Maybe they can look at playing him in Hogg's role to see how he gets on. I'm I'm not too sure, but at this moment in time, you know, if he, if I had to say what I thought, it'd be I've no idea because I've I've never I've never seen the bloke play, but obviously hope that he comes in and does well. Oh look, loan signs like this, they like you say, low cost. I know Emil Smith role wasn't, but we we he expected to be the next big thing anyway, and we had to pay a bit of money to give him his first chance in English football. We knew we were going to have some sort of impact in the first team straight away. But these kind of Premier League uh, loan signings, when he's he's only played, I think, two senior games, um, which were for actually Chelsea in the twenty threes in the EFL Trophy. Um, one I think they lost five one, and one they lost four nil. So his, his experiences at first team level football is very limited. He's played it in the Premier. Is it Premier League Two, Premier League Under Twenty Ones, whatever it is, quite a few times. And you kind of you're bringing him in low risk. If it doesn't work out, it's not cost us very much. And it's good to see on on the back. I think after Warner, people were suggesting that we couldn't really bring Premier League loan signings in, in the summer because they didn't want to play Warnock style of football which I don't actually think is too dissimilar to what we're playing now anyway, but um, and it, well, I guess that means nothing. It, it's a sign that you don't expect him to come in straight away and, and start, or I don't anyway. Um, I think it's an extra body in to give us an extra option, and if it works, fantastic. But I can't say I'm sitting here looking at it thinking he's going to change our outlook for this season straight away because he's got there's no proof of it anyway. Um, he's subbed a few times for Chelsea's, but then as we were talking about for his podcast, after Chelsea's first eleven this season, I'm, I'm not entirely sure they are. They've come from absolutely nowhere, so it's a bit like our bench is is a Championship bench, but not many of them would necessarily play at League Two at this point. And I don't think it is it, definitely this. It might be pretty similar to Chelsea. Um, but we need bodies. Um, if the budget is tight, then fair play. These are the kind of moves you have to make, and hopefully they, they pay off. But it's a percentages game, and you're bringing in a, a player usually a bit more um, a bit more experience than this, or Played at England under twenty one level. Ian, he's played at England under twenty under fifteens. I think that's the best he's he's done with England. And then Bete was an England under twenty one international, uh, as mentioned before, um, and he wasn't ready for us. Um, he just wasn't ready to play that level uh, of football. Hopefully, Matos is. Um, it's a little bit different being an attacker. I think. Hopefully, he can come in, and we definitely need ball players. We need to start creating different chances that we spoke about earlier today. But, but if you're looking at what he's done so far, you, I don't think. I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to come in and suddenly dictate games and change the way we, we are. Um, but yeah, it's a start. It's a start and it is early doors. So you've got to be thankful for that. Yeah, we've been crying. You know, we, we've talked about it and, and if you look on social media, every town fans talked about the crying out need we've got for a, a, a midfielder who can actually you know play a pass. We haven't had a midfielder since Aaron Moy that actually can pass a ball more than five yards. So we all know what we need. Is this kid that? I have absolutely no idea. And, you know, it seems to be that we're, we're in the minority because everybody on Twitter says he's the best thing since sliced bread. So they're obviously watching a lot of Chelsea reserve football. Um, but you're right, Ian, he'll be free. He'll be cheap. You know, chances are we probably aren't even paying any of his wages. Um, and, and I think people just need to set their expectations because it's very rare you get a call, Will, 
you know, we would go that that way. You know, that kid had never kicked a ball for anybody virtually. Had he, and he came in, and and he genuinely looked the the you know he looked like a man immediately. And I think that that's people knew though, guys. People did know he was something special before he yeah, came but, in. There was a reputation there which doesn't seem to be there with Matos. Do you know what it was with me? And he he was physically looked like a man, although he was only eighteen when he played football. He looked his physicality and the way he held himself and the way he carried himself. He looked like a man. He looked like he was twenty eight, not eighteen. And I guess we won't know with this lad till he gets a chance, will we? Until he actually plays a plays a competitive game in Championship level football, is he going to have the energy and you know because it's all very well having the energy and the drive and and all of that stuff. And, and this and and the fact even in the um, article on the town website, they don't mention where he plays. There's no mention of it at all, other than to talk about how exciting he is and how how lucky we are to have him. And and I you know I hope we're right. I'm I'm not knocking it by the way. I think. I'm with you, Ash. I think I'm really encouraged by this. I think it's a, a really smart signing and and one that could pay dividends. And if it doesn't, we've not lost a lot, have we? Only our championship status. No, I mean, look, he's, the thing is, he's only 19, isn't he? So what, what you don't want is everyone to build him up to be this superstar and the poor guy comes in, tries his best, doesn't live up to expectations and they boo him off. You know, let, let's just, let's give the guy a chance See what it brings. You're right. It's it's a it's a free hit in it. It's not going to be the only signing. It's the the main areas of concern for me. I I'm not. I mean, I've seen like I said, I've seen reports that is is they're wanting to shape him into more of a defensive midfielder. I've seen reports saying he's a is a right winger. I've seen other um, articles saying that he is more of an attacking midfielder. So I've absolutely no idea where where he's going to play. I don't think Darren Moore does either. Like judging from what he said, because he said, "Oh, I'm just looking forward to seeing him and seeing where we can fit him in and and what have you." So I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see, I guess. But th- for me, the priorities are striker, obviously, because we haven't got one. Um, a ball playing midfielder, someone that can pass the ball, as we've said, for obvious reasons, and pace at the back, whether that be centre back or wing back. Now, if we if we look at some of the players that that may be going out. Utah contract up end of the season could be going. That's going to leave a gap there. Now I know we've brought Spencer back in, and we had the um, we had people kicking off because we showed a little compilation, didn't we, from, uh, from his time at Mother. <laughs> people say, "Oh, we're still treating it like a new signing," and it's, it's <laughs> I loved it. I love it kicking off and stuff like that. It, but who knows how he's going to be? I have no idea if he if he's the answer or not, but I do think we are a bit short there in that, in that department. I've, I've no idea when Turton's going to be back, by the way, either. Um, I've not really heard anything about him for, for, for a long time. So it'd be good to have wing-back cover and maybe a bit of pace at the back, because I think we do lack in pace, although we do have some good, solid defenders. I don't think we're blessed with pace, I think it's fair to say. So those are the areas that I want town to strengthen in and you know I'm seeing reports linking us with a striker Bojan Radulovic um, plays in Finland at the moment I think he's I don't know if he's Serbian or, or Spanish um, scored 18 goals I mean I'm sure Killer will say how difficult this, this league is um, <laughs> um, in a minute but again it's an unknown for me if it does come off I mean that's not confirmed but if we do get him, obviously we've got to give him full support. He's quite tall, big. Can he hold the ball up? Can he bring other people into play? 
can he assist with goals as well as score them? I've no idea. I've no idea how he's going to be, how he's going to fit into the team. But to be honest with you, looking at our striking options we've got at the moment, I can't see it as anything but a good thing that we're getting reinforcements. What do you guys think? Well, I've, I've added to my list of people I've never heard of. Um, obviously, Google is our friend in these scenarios, isn't it? And he, he, has, he was at Brighton as a kid by the look of it. So the good news is he shouldn't have language issues. He should be able to speak reasonably decent English, uh, unlike Ian. Is that what we've got? Is that where we're at? He can speak good English, so he's going to be a good signing, guys. Yeah, well, listen, uh, these things come in handy. Um, he, he, yeah, interesting, he is Spanish-born, but a Serbian national by the look of it. That's probably where that that is. Played for Serbia under-19s, but um, this feels as big a gamble as the Alex Matos job for me, really. He's, he's played at a level that, having... Found a, Ian found a YouTube video of him scoring his goals, and one of them looked like he was playing five aside down at the zone. So I, I don't, really, I'm not really sure what level he is. Ian's got some real detail for us in a minute, which I'm going to really enjoy. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I look, is he the answer? I, I don't really know. Is he what I was hoping for? Not really. I was hoping we were going to get somebody that would come with some element of pedigree that we could rely on them scoring as six, eight, ten, twelve goals in the in the second half of the season. Hull, and, Hull have gone and got Billy Sharp on a free till the end of the season. You know, I, I mean, Billy Sharp. I was, I was, he scored two hundred eighty-five goals. Billy Sharp in his career, I think, one hundred eighty-five of them were against Huddersfield. You know, we, so you know these people are out there, and and you know, all right, he might be outside of our wage structure. Maybe that's not the best example. But there's somebody who was available, proven at this level, and would have added exactly what we need to this squad. So, you know, if Radulovic is the answer, great. So this isn't a division necessarily that is going to be a plug-and-play kind of striker that's going to come in ready to play championship-level football because the Finnish league is not championship-level football. It's just not there. Um, good. You're going out to find strikers that have scored loads of goals. If he's not scoring goals, you wouldn't want to bring him in because if you can't score goals in that division, then you're not going to win our division either. Absolutely. But again, is he going to be a guy that's going to be coming? Is he going to be fit enough for championship football on day one? Everyone talks about that kind of learning, that learning period where you got to work harder and, and get up to up to speed because everybody in the championship eats the right meals, runs the X amount of miles they've got to do every day. There's so many different um, key performance indicators that I doubt people have to hit the same in, in those other divisions, especially when it looks like you're saying as they're playing in a zone or 11 aside. It, it looked it looked ridiculous for it, for it to be a professional level game of football. It was ridiculous. Um, he might come in and bag 10 goals between now and the end of the season and, and I'm looking like a right idiot. But again, like Matos, to me, it's another gamble. And yes, they might pay off and I hope they pay off. And and when they do, I'll be the first one to stand up and say, well done, Town, you got that spot on. But I don't think fans can rely on him coming in and, and being the number nine guy from now. That's not even to say that I don't think he's the right kind of striker. I think, like we were speaking before, the fast three that we've got is so important when we sit the other seven so deep. We have to transition quick. He's not a quick striker from what I can see. So we're going to have to change the way we play. To me, looking at these two transfers we've made so far, and I don't think this one's been confirmed, but it's expected to be confirmed tomorrow on a permanent deal. Um, it looks like we're trying to form a plan B when plan A doesn't work, and that's what these guys are for. And maybe he's looking at next season later on. I don't know, and... These are absolutely the kind of guys you want to bring in, but it should also be a part of another kind of transfer model where you're bringing in proven players that you know are going to create a kind of impact, who you know are going to fit in this system, in this division, because they've been there and done it before. 
I think it says a lot about Town's budget if this is all we're kind of bringing in. If, if these are the players that we're going for now, all of January, low, um, well, not low, because obviously they earn more than most people earn anyway, but not not necessarily as expensive as cha bona fide championship players cost. And maybe that's where we're at. Maybe that's the club that we are at the moment. I love assigning a striker. I can't say I'm not excited about it. I am. I can take the piss out of the level of Finnish football, but I fucking love it when I know when I comes on because you've got possibilities and dreams that he's going to get on and bang something like Makaliski and then probably fall off like Makaliski did straight after that Scunfolk game. But you have hope there. And, and he looks the part. He looks like a big guy. He looks like he's in shape. He looks like he might be able to, to have some sort of impact. But again, he's not played at this level. He's not played anything near this level. He's not the striker that Bergsorg is, and he's not the kind of striker that we are built to play around as of today. Maybe that'll change, and maybe that's what we're doing at the moment. But it's not, again, one that gets me revved up and think, right, our season is sorted now because we're bringing in this guy who scored 18 goals in finished uh, Premier Division. No, wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if, uh, if he's just a huddling plus and huddling now goes out on loan and he becomes the man that sits on the bench as the plan B where we just knock it long too or we need to mix the game up or change Maybe. it. Maybe, and that's what we should be We should be doing this. We should be looking at getting three or four of these in every single transfer window. This is where you find the, the stars every now and again, but not every single one of them works. Because if it did, it'd be very easy to be a professional football club because you'd go and get them, you'd sell them on, and you'd be able to inflate your uh, your own transfer bu uh, playing budget. But we can't because it doesn't. Every other club has seen every other player. in the Everyone's over everything. They know who's scoring goals here, there and everywhere. But you just have to make that gamble, take that gamble yourself. It's definitely a part of a transfer model I want to see Town take up. Absolutely. But again, it doesn't change my outlook just yet on how this season's going to go just because we're bringing him in. I'm hoping we can go out and bring in another Bergsorg-like striker who scored goals at this level. Maybe not in England, no. Maybe in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga 2 or in France or whatever. Maybe not France. We went there with Benzer and Diakabi. Sorry for bringing that up, boys. I, I hereby apologise if you've mentioned that. Well, I just just to bring somebody else in who's got goals in a, a respectable. That sounds a bit derogatory. In a, in a in a division that's of a level equivalent to the championship. No, no, it's not derogatory, and because we're not in a position to just have, as you know, if we were if we were comfortable tenth, then I can understand the club saying we're struggling to find much better than we've got, and and we're going to bring three or four in, and with a bit of luck, we'll develop one into a world beater. But we're in the shit. Well, Kiefer Moore's suddenly available, isn't he? I think Bournemouth are looking at getting Kiefer Moore out, so he's surely going to end up somewhere in the Championship, but I don't think any of us realistically expect us to be able to... No, but realistically, that's what you'd need. I think that's that's what you need, and that's what can change your season. Right. And I can see something like a Blackburn going and getting him and paying the wages. Oh, Middlesbrough, it'll be that kind of mid-range Championship club. They'll have a go and they'll end up in the playoffs. I imagine yeah. wherever he goes, he'll give them the difference. Unless he goes to someone at the bottom and he keeps them out of the relegation zone, like Andy Carroll did for, for Reading one year. But I just don't yeah. think we've it's got. I don't think we've got that in us. I don't think we've got that in us. Um, so we're gonna have to. Although I, I just, we just have to get something else. I think this is a big gamble to expect him to come in, especially now if Bergsorg's out for an extended period of time, to bring in uh, Boje and 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 plug him in there, and, and hopefully we get enough goals because we, we we already know Thomas and Karoma playing as the nine isn't working and doesn't get you enough goals. So we have to find something else if Bergsorg's not about. But it's good we've done some early for a change, isn't it? It's, it's good that actually it looks like by the end of the first week of January we've actually got some some bodies in the building instead of doing our usual trick and waiting until the last minute and then saying, well, the deals fell through or nobody was. I guess the only downside to that is they get bodies in now. That gives them more time to have bodies back out the door. I know you mentioned you to Nick, but you know Thomas is still Thomas still is a 
I know he has his issues, but if you're a championship club wanting to get from 12th into the playoffs, he's the kind of player that could make a difference. And, you know, we talked about Nichols before we started recording, didn't we, about whether has his time come again? I could say another championship club could. I think he's ready for a change personally, by the way. I think I think he's I think he's done here now in terms of where he, of where he's going to get to. Um so there is a chance we're still going to see one or two go the other way, I think, for money. Yeah, Bradone, Nichols. You know, pe- people will be looking. We'll be looking at these players. You know, um, I mean, Nichols' form has dropped quite a bit. And we do have another two decent keepers. But players like Radone, you know, we're going we're gonna to really struggle. So it is, it is a concern. I mean, we're looking at players who are out of contract, weren't we, at the, at the end of the season? And there's quite a few, actually, isn't there? I think there's loads. There's loads. You've got Bergzorg's out, obviously. We've got an option to buy, but he's alone. You've got Matty Pearson. He's out at the end of this season. I don't think we've got an option on him. As Gaz said, you is out of contract. So do you cash in on him after he's captain Japan to a... Is it the is it Gold Cup or whatever it is, an Asian Cup? Yeah. You've got Tom Edwards who's going to go back. You've got Reg, who hopefully will be... Good, but the club has got an option on him. Jaheim Healy, who's been really good. But again, he's one that could... Turn somebody's head if he's out of contract this year. We have got the option though, so obviously we'll take that up probably. Diara, who's been linked at lead it leaving already. Ben Jackson, who to me has been has he been the most improved player this season, potentially? Am, am I missing somebody? Healy and Healy and Jackson being best for me. Um Johnny Ogg, who I'm surprised he's not signed a contract already. Um Louis Keena, who's been on the bench quite a bit for us, but we kind of got big hopes for him by the sound of it. He, he does all right for the B team and, and Jacob Chapman. So like I said, there's a few there that you'd expect to either extend the contract or if we're not going to extend it, get rid of them now and bring a bit of money in, um, which would hopefully open some more money up for, for new signings. How many signings do you think we need this window then? How many do you think we'll get realistically and how many do you think we actually need so that you're not worried about relegation? I think we'll see an handful, but whether they're a handful of players who are going to make a difference at this level, I think they're going to be a handful of these kind of matos Thas Radulovic signings, I, I can't see us bringing in proven championship quality. I just, I just, I just can't. No point as Kev talked about that as a business model either. You know, I, I he 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 plays quite a calm hand, and he almost without actually saying it, he almost delivers a message of well, if we get relegated, we get relegated, which worries me slightly as well at times. But I think you know all the areas you spoke of, Nick. To press, he hasn't addressed him with with Matos or or Radulovic if he comes in. I think the Brody Spencer one's really interesting for me. The lads played two competitive internationals as well. By the way, UEFA Champ, you know the the um, UEFA Cup or the league or whatever it's called that that the, the the nations playing now. You know he's been he's played well at Motherwell, and then all right, people go, oh, it's only Scottish football. But to be honest, the top half of the Scottish Premier League is Championship level. It is so. You know, he's playing a, he's playing, he's played regularly at a championship type level and had decent reviews. So, the Brody Spencer one, I'm actually pleased to see him back, and I think that then gives the opportunity to push um, Kasumu back inside. Because I'm with you, Ian. So I saw a tweet. I won't steal the tweet because I can't remember, but I can't give you props because I can't remember who, who it was that said it. But you know, I thought I spang on. We'll know whether this transfer window is a success or not. As to whether Reg is still playing centre midfield in February, because if he is, it's not. It's not. It's been a disaster. It's been a disaster, and I, and I, and that and that's not a slight on Reg, 
I think he's been asked to play a role I don't think suits his game. I don't think he is a centre midfielder, by the way. And I don't think he has the physicality to be a championship centre half. I think he you know, he played well at Rotherham in League One at that at that in that position. And then that's probably probably where his, his level's at. So the Brody Spencer one, you know, I actually think we might have solved our own problem if he comes in and plays like he's played at Motherwell, because my guess is he'll play against City on Sunday, by the way. We may have so we may have in a weird way found our own solution. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the reaction on Twitter was was glorious to watch, wasn't it? With town fans in Melbourne, I have to. There are some town fans. If you gave them a gold brick, they moan about the shape of it. Do you know what I mean? We do. Have, we do have some some hardcore town fans who will moan about absolutely everything. But to be fair, I do. I, I do understand why people are trying to say it's like a new signing. It does feel. Do you know what it feels like to me when Jack Hunt came back from Chesterfield on yeah. loan, and it did feel like we were getting a guy ready for the first team. And that's what it feels like you're getting with Brody Spencer. It does for me. You know what I mean? I'm as negative as it gets when it comes to transfer signings for us. But it does feel like we're getting somebody who can slot in at right back. I think it's right back. Can slot in at right back or right wing back. And, and, and Yeah, he's been playing wing back for Motherwell. Yeah, and, and we play wing back. So it should it should offer some help to us. And I can I can see how they'll be kind of celebrating it. Um, and people just like a whinge anyway, don't they? But you can see our transfer model, what it is here. It, it's, 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 it's suddenly coming. If you have a look... Ben Wiles, 24. Um, Bar Maxwell, who was 32, came in as a backup, didn't he? Because we got rid of Belo under um, Warnock. But we're looking at signing players in the early 20s because I think at that point in your career, it's statistically proven that they're less likely to be total flops because they've played a bit of first-team football and you know there's some sort of footballer there. They're less likely to lose a value. Remember, we've got Americans that have come in now with a data system and they'll look at this kind of stuff. But yeah, Wiles is 24. Again, yeah, Bojan is 24 again, coming from Finland. That's kind of what we're at. And I, I just hope that we're going to start looking at people like Ben Wiles again who are out of contract in this summer, in January, and we can get a bit of a match on them, chuck a bit of money their way and try and get them in now. Uh, League One players, better League One players. There must be cut. There's so many contracts now are only two or three years, especially with the way money's going at the moment. And, and hopefully we can be proactive now and bring some extra guys in. But answering your initial question, Nick, you need 11. I, I, I generally would want. I'm, I'm a big believer in David Wagner's system in that you want one starter and a person being a, a genuine competitor for that place throughout the entire team. And every other team seems to have it, apart from us. We just don't have that. We don't have that depth. And maybe you can knock through that we've got, like I say, enough centre-backs or whatever. But just options. We just need depth and options to keep people on the toes. It's so important for a team to have competition for places to keep everybody at it and on it. And then they can't have those lapses of judgment. They can't have those moments where you think the, the manager lost the players on the field. Because if you do show that kind of that behaviour, you just replace the week after. There's somebody else and come in and do it. Town players don't have that threat. They know that they'll play the week after, even if they have a bad day, because there's nobody else realistically who can come in and start for them. There's just not there. That depth isn't there. We need players. And bringing in these projects that we've done at the moment with Matos as a bit of a loan, as a bit of a gamble, and, and looking at the uh, finish, uh, the guy tomorrow, Bojan, again, they can be a part of a transfer strategy. But to me, if that's all the strategy we're going for, for this, this transfer window, I think will be a big miss. And then we're going to rely on the starting eleven that we've got to be fit between now and the end of the season for us to survive. If we bring else, Rhodes back then on that basis, I would have. I don't think we will be doing. He's scoring goals for fun. He's playing ninety minutes every week. He's fit again. He's sharp. This is why you send people out on loan so they get like this, and you have a recall option. So when they get like this, you bring them back and put them in. But he's he's as good as it gets. Okay, he doesn't fit the speed system we play. But if we're looking to play a plan B like with a guy we're bringing in, 
Jordan Rose has to be a part of that, doesn't he? If he, I mean, he isn't, but if he was 25, 26, every championship club would be looking at him and he'd be five well, million quid. He wouldn't be here, would he? No. And we wouldn't even be in a game for him if he was if he was five years younger, which is mad, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, unless unless there's a, a deal on the table and Blackpool are going to put their hand in the pocket, which which would feel, if he's going to stay, that's what I'd be doing. If I was Nagel, I'd be saying, well, you can keep him, but you're going to have to fucking buy him. You have to put your hand. And he ain't going to be mega money, is he? You know, we know how old he is. We know how long he's got, like, we know how long he's got left on his contract. And that then gives us a bit of wiggle room to go out and try and, even if we have to pay a loan fee, to bring somebody in to, to give us what we need to fit in our system. Because like, you are I, and I think, if you bring him back, is he going to continue to score them goals? Well, no, because he ain't going to play. When Bergzog's fit, he ain't playing, is he? No. When he do, and when he is fit and he does play, you know, we're relying on Sorba putting in pinpoint balls for a bloke who's 33, because he ain't going to run in behind him. Now, I'm with you, he's the best best striker I've ever seen in the flesh in an Huddersfield Town shirt in the... You know, best part. Of if we dictated play a bit more, guys. If we if we dictated play now, it'd be different. I'd have him in, in a second if we had sixty percent possession and we were up the final third. We didn't have to have that guy that gets in behind. But the way we are, no, he's, he's not right for that team. But we still have the luxury of saying we don't want him here as an option because we have no other option. Hudlin is the other option. So of course you'd have him back. You'd have to have him back. And if we don't bring him back, or even. Bring him back, like you're saying, and, and send him out for more money elsewhere to bring a little bit of extra more money. He's got to be worth something at this point. He's bagging goals for fun. Yet, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like we're, we're interested in doing it. I've got I've got no idea. Is he on a contract for... Has he got another year then? He's got another year on it. Yeah, I think so. I hear what, we're going to be banging next year in League One then, aren't we? We've got Jordan Rose up top. I, just... I mean, the, the thing is, like Blackpool down there, they, they create more chances, don't they? They create more chances, so he's going to score more goals. Whereas we get, like you say, we, we get the ball in the box. There's one, there's one person in there, and we create about ten chances of it throughout the entire game, and and half of them are half chances. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not. We just don't create enough. I, I don't. It, it's all right having a, a a great strike up there, but the ball, if the ball's not getting to him, he's not going to score. And and we just don't. You're right. We just don't create enough. We don't control the games. We don't. We don't keep the ball in the opposition third enough. And that that's that's the issue. If we created more and we had more players in the box, he's a poacher. It will finish some. The, some of the chances that we created, it will finish them. But if we're never getting the ball in the box, it don't matter who we've got there. You, you can go score goals. So his contract's up at the end of the, at the end of the season, I think. Looking right. at this, what this season? Hmm. Yeah, June twenty-four. All right, well that'll be it. Three-year deal in twenty twenty-one. So that's even more reason than to try and take a bit of money off off Blackpool, even if it's only a couple hundred grand, isn't it? There's got to be something we can do, surely. We we must be bringing more in because if 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 we're not bringing more strikers in and we've got it's because Bergzog, I I still don't think Bergzog is a striker. I think he's a left winger that likes to cut inside and shoot. But we've been playing him as a striker because we've nobody else. Now, if we're continuing with that and we we get this um, bloke in, it, it may be good, it may not, but that still only leaves us with one or two options. And inevitably, they will get an injury. You know, Bergzog will pick up another injury. This bloke might not be up to speed, as you said. He might get an injury. So who have we got? So just the fact that we've got an option, I would bring him back because what we're not losing what we're losing by having him back. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me unless we're going to be getting another striker, another option in as well. 
in which case we would have two and then Bergzog either to play on the left or to, you know, play as a two. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. Um, but to, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, I would bring him back just as an option, if if nothing else. But the, the bloke's scoring for fun, isn't it? So get him in. We have got Harry knocking about, don't forget, who looked like he was going to get a run in the first team before he got his injury. I don't know where, but again, because the club seems to give very little updates around injury lead times now, um, I don't really know how far away he is. No, I don't know. I don't know, but time will tell, I guess. But I, I, I think I would like to see us bring in, you know, a two, two, two or three of these chance players and maybe a couple of more proven players at least and then I may think we've got more of a chance but like you say you know the, the games that we really need to be winning are during the window <laughs> which doesn't make it easy does it so I don't know I mean shall we have a bit of fun by having a prediction for Sunday before we wrap it up Is that, have we got anything else to discuss lads before we do because I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we've missed but I don't think there is is there I think we've covered quite a lot there. Let's have a bit of fun and predict what's going to happen. <laughs> would would you just write this off and just play? I would say play the B team, but we haven't got one, have we? It's it's literally pretty much the first team with just a few, you know, with Iapender in and um, a couple of others. But would would you just literally play all the kids for this one? Because it's either to me, it's either a case of we lose five nil or eight nil. You know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think. Um... There ain't a lot to change, is there? But I think Spencer will come in, won't he? Brody Spencer will come in because he's not going to be cup-tied, having played in Scotland. Um, I think you might see Aina. They seem to like him. He was the, you know, when Headley went off, they made they made the decision to move the back five round rather than rather than, uh, than change it. So they brought him in. I think Aina might play. I'm just wondering about Nichols, whether he'll play Nichols because somebody's going to be picking the ball out of the net. You know, half a dozen times possibly. So I'm not sure that's any good for Chapman's confidence, is it? I won't be playing Chapman. I don't think I believe in Nichols in net. They're not going to rush anybody back. I think if Hogg Hog won't be back, Bergsog won't be back by the look of it. So, yeah, you might see one or two. And like you say, it'd be nice for one or two to perhaps make the debut, Nick. But I'm like, I, mean, I, dread to, I don't even want to give you a scoreline prediction. It makes me feel ill thinking about it. Feels like Premier League season again. A little bit this game. Do you like when we play Man United away? Well, maybe not Man United this right? But like you get you had the same games where you thought, oh well, whatever, we're gonna skip that and work about what goes on game after. Who cares what goes on at the weekend here? As long as it's not so embarrassing. Again, I give Fallsy and Stonesy a start, see what they can do. But I just you don't want any injuries. We are so thin, you don't want injuries, and we're gonna be chasing the ball a lot. Um yeah. it's just okay. Like I say, put nickels in, just make sure nobody's destroyed. Make sure no one has the kind of performance that's ridiculed. And isn't it crazy saying this about a championship club going against a team just in the division above, but we're in damage limitation mode already. Just just get through it. It's weird, isn't it? It's like Man City away, world champions at this point. Again, that sounds very American saying it, but world champions. And we don't want it. I don't want it. I don't, I'd have had, you know what? I'd had Charlton again at home and just gone out quietly and just, yeah, whatever, no worries. Let's just worry, let's just worry about the league. But we've got to go to Man City on, on national TV or national broadcasting and, and try and not get totally humiliated. But to be fair, if any team's built to survive it and do okay, it's us because all we do is play defensive football. Well, they're going to have all the ball, but we're used to not having it too. If you put a first team out, I don't think we'd be that bad. I'm not saying we're going to win, 
But I don't think it would be so bad. I don't think it would be in danger of uh, that 10-1 battering again. But if he puts a reserve team out, who the hell knows? As long as it's not, like you say, guys, as long as Nichols is in there. Or Maxwell, because he's an old boy. If he's Is he, is he totally out though now? Is he is he out for an extended period of time? Well, whatever it is, um, one of the older keepers in with a with a youth team in front just to just to see how it goes, really. But 6,000 town fans are going to go, so it's going to be a, a loud boo if we get, if we get twatted in it. We can sit here now saying it's going to be fine. Who cares? If 6,000 town fans are there, we get absolutely battered. sold out. You know, I mean, that's the other thing there. You know, fair play. To, I'm not going, by the way. I, I went to both of the games in the Premier League at City, but I, I just I couldn't face it. I don't... It's just not for me. So I was absolutely astounded. We sold out and sold out so quickly. So fair play to those of you that are going. I hope you have a I hope you have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a bit of money for the club as well, isn't it? It is. Don't, don't forget. Fun. I mean, it depends if City are interested as well because they've got players coming back from injury. And you know, are they going to go out for leather and risk injury? Probably not. You know, at least De Bruyne is back, so that should weaken the midfield for him, shouldn't it? Um, we'll 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 see. See what see what happens. My my prediction is a is a is a six one. I'll I'll be optimistic and say we're going to score. That. But, Ooh, yeah, yes, please. A, a hel- another helic goal from a corner, um, rapidly followed by um, six goals from City. But anyway, on that positive, cheery note, guys, thank you very much. Um, it's been a lot to get through, but. We'll um, reconvene again, probably after not after the city game, but after what's what's the next game after that? You call yourself a fan, and you I don't. Know. Even... My mind's not. It's too late. It's too late at night, mate. Full oh, day of working. Like I can't even think Moore. straight. Like Aaron Moore often forget who we're playing. I can't even think straight. You know, who have we got? Plymouth. <laughs> Plymouth. Oh, that's it. Plymouth. Blackburn. QPR. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. So. We'll reconvene after Plymouth and he is up and we get three points there. That's the main one, isn't it? That's the one we're all bothered about. And let's hope by then we've got some more signings through the door. Uh, maybe play this new lad on Sunday and just hope he doesn't get injured, as is the typical town way. Right then, guys, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>